Did you know that Delaware has endless discoveries? The first state invites you to explore miles of beaches and boardwalks, dozens of unique breweries, award-winning restaurants, some of the country's best state parks, beautiful garden estates, and even tax-free shopping. There's plenty of fun for the entire family and more. Find trip ideas and all the info you need to plan your Delaware discoveries at visitdelaware.com. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by stateroom category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the LPN Show. Recorded both in Los Angeles and New York City. We're just, you know, here to hang out. Have a good time. All right. I'll talk to y'all after a while. Oh, you lucky, lucky people. Some of you sitting down, that's great. You should maybe stand back up because you might need to sit back down. You might need to sit back down. Um... Honestly, though, at the same time, if you're comfortable, stay there. I because there's so much pressure to get up, <laughs> there's so much to, and sit down. Already, what a flip flopper he is. Go Welcome to, to the LPN show, flip flopper. This shit. Uh, this is the last podcast network show. My name is Henry Zabrowski. This is Jackie Zabrowski. Thank you. I can introduce myself. Yes, I am currently dressed like I am auditioning to be in Designing Women. But Why if are you I, dressed like this? Because I'm doing Rhinestone Cowgirl 2021. It, but it's a very, you fall into Delta Burke very quickly. But we are not talking to Delta Burke today. Very not anymore. similar to Delta Burke she in canceled. a lot of ways. Straight up, she canceled. <laughs> and not that, not that this man is a last minute replacement. It, it just, she was not available. She's on house arrest. Yeah, which I for get. For human trafficking. <laughs> That's actually true. She's uh, she is on house arrest. It's very scary. What she I can't believe what what other crimes she might be guilty of. But this man today is not guilty of any crimes. Welcome to the show, Chef Kevin Gillespie. Thanks, guys. And, and you don't know that I'm not in cahoots with Delta Burke. A hundred percent. I would hope that you are. I know that you're an Atlanta man, so I would hope that you've got some ties. Is this the aforementioned Grits Mafia? Yeah, exactly. I don't know the details of her situation, but I have to feel like I'm siding with Delta Burke on this. Mm-hmm. Always. You have oh, to. I mean, I'm certainly, she, they're bringing me in as a character witness for her trial <laughs> on human trafficking. Because my whole thing is just like, no one else could fill out a pantsuit like that. She cannot be no. guilty. Yeah, exactly. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, A and B. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm a comedy lawyer, and that's what they bring me in for. Um, Chef Kevin Gillespie, legitimately... My favorite chef that I've ever eaten from. I need to say, he talks about you. He talks about you all the time that when we found out that you were going to be on, I had to ask Henry, are you all right? Are you going to be okay? Kevin, Kevin was on an episode of Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, which was a which was very fun. And you got to be a part of that dumb shit. But I also got to do my own parody of food shows, which I was really excited for. But Kevin, also this year, was this year that you were on Top Chef. But this was a, you came back, right? This was your second season of All-Stars, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a little known fact. Like if you ever do Top Chef, 
you're required to do at least one other Top Chef thing. It's like in your contract. Oh, I didn't yeah, know because that. Is that why? Because Natalie, my wife and I joke all the time watching these cooking shows where they always do this thing where all of these high profile chefs, they all like, if you end up, if if you get cut upon certain round, they all then are forced to come back and be the sous chef later on. And what is that? mental game you that's just gotta be a nightmare it is a nightmare yeah it's just like they they just the top chef production team are the biggest fucking sadists in the universe like they, just, they, just, they have a weird sense of like what's gonna be awesome and you're like what, what do you mean by awesome like awesome how like in so yeah, awesome in the way that you're like have you seen that train wreck kind of awesome but um yeah so like if you do top chef I guess you don't have to come back. You have to, they have the option. They can ask you to. Yes. And if they ask, you have to go back. So you're, like, so you're on retainer. Yeah, you have like a certain amount of time. And I was right at the edge. I was like, sweet baby, I'm about to be free. And it was like, beep, boop, boop, boop. Like, <laughs> we're going to need Kevin, you to do this thing. Yeah. People really like you. Actually, there's a couple of verified Twitter accounts that have been tweeting quite a bit about you and your presence on the show. So we're actually, we're going to need to hold you for another week in your hotel room. And you're like, oh, who was it? And it's it's me. I kept you there. <laughs> Great. All right. Thanks, Henry. Thanks. You, Thank you. How many people do do you think that they keep bringing you back because of how amazing your beard is? I need to ask just a quick question of what kind of products before we get into the cooking. This is I know, very. This, this is chef, immediately just flirting with the guest, Jackie. It's fine. I am not flirting. I'm just. I'm just mentioning that you have very great beard care. You're going to be like really disappointed when I go down the list of products because there's just so few of them. It's like um it just I don't know it just does this first of all um oh my god and if I don't and like, if I don't stay on top of it it'll like I will totally go full on like Grizzly Adams like you know man who disappeared in the woods so yeah you gotta really like keep on top of it but um I, I watch it once a week that's it that sounds so bad I watch wow. it once a week and then I, and then here's the secret is that I brush it with a boar's hair brush. It's the boar's head brush. This is always what I hear. It's always boar's head. I said boar's head, like you got deli. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> del- I got it from the deli. It was free. You know? <laughs> it's just like a bologna flap, you know? You just And that's where the shine comes from. It's from that extra little bit of, of the grease. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, we're a boar's head family. And we've come under fire for that several times from people saying that Boar's Head. And actually, maybe this is a good question for you, Chef Kevin Gillespie. Is Boar's Head nefarious and bad, or are they good? What are you talking about? They're awesome. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I just wanted to check. Yes. I just wanted to check. They're great. Yeah. What, who has a Boar's Head problem? Do like, we need to knuckle up? I didn't know that this was a thing. My like, other cause... co-host, Ben Kissel, legitimately and I get into a verbal altercation when we talk about Boar's Head because he thinks that Boar's Head has got some sort of like monopoly, and he's a, he wants to bust it up. And I was just like, unfortunately, no, the reason why they have that is it's a meritocracy in the meat world. Right. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. A monopoly on what? On ham? On like Virginia <laughs> ham? Because well, like, he's talking about like New York bodegas, right? They always have boar's head, but I think it's just because it's the best. It's there. We're there for the best. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, it's just a better version. Like, yeah, he can get over it, dude. Call him up right now. I'll say it to his face. <laughs> I, yeah. like, I, I want you Please. to physically assault him. Um, <laughs> so I have a many. I have many questions about just sort of how a chef comes up with a concept for a restaurant. So like when you, in Atlanta, the two of the best places, the places why I rave is Gun Show and Revival. So Gun Show is a dim sum style restaurant. Sort of. I'm sorry, this is me. 
Yeah, let him explain it. It's nice because he has to hear what a Yelper, like what it would be like to hear from a Yelper right in front of him. Well, funny <laughs> note, hearing this is actually going to like totally propel the answer because it's it, the answer is always like, I think I'm doing one thing and then it turns out to be this other thing. Another thing. Great. And you just kind of go like, are we going to be that that the public thinks we are? Like, if so, like, let's just go with that. <laughs> let's do that. Because <laughs> yeah. people, people hear dim sum right. and they think like mm. little or dervy things and it is Ooh. that style but to me it's more of the people coming around offering stuff and then revival is an old school like southern like uh because i because kind of like mary max also in atlanta that style of like fried chicken i mean it's impeccable but mm. like what is what the fuck like how do you do this? this come from culinary school like how do you just come up with ideas and then like, like this is it, to me. It's like music, where it's like I love it, but I don't know how people think in food necessarily. You know, I don't. I think that's probably a pretty good parallel, though, because like, so for let's, revival is easier. Revival was driven by a need, which was that I would have all these chef friends come from other cities around the country. They would come visit. Uh, inevitably, they were usually coming to cook with us at Gun Show, and they would always say like, "Let's go get really great Southern food. Where can we do that?" And I would. I would have to be like, well, I don't, I don't know. I guess I can call my grandmother and see if she like wants to cook for us. And, uh, you know, I didn't have a restaurant to take them to that I thought was really accurate. Even Mary Max, which I don't think does a bad job. It, I, w I wanted to show them that traditional family style spread and it just didn't exist. And so yeah. I built Revival to fill the void that I was personally missing. Um, I felt like that was a really important style of restaurant when i was a kid like coming up like my family that was the kind of places that we would go to yeah. and um they just didn't seem like there were any left and the ones that were left were making everything with you know canned vegetables and just it was just not good and so yeah. we yeah. built revival for that so that one is pretty easy yeah that one to me is like very like because you go and it does kind of feel like that it's a much like you know the platinum version of mary max that's it exactly it was just like we were trying to make if we were a band, we were trying to make an album that we knew was was being demanded for in the market mm. and that we were very capable of doing. It was so almost good. a tribute record, you know? I just think about yeah. it all the time. I think about that meal we had with the cast of Pretty Face and holy fucking shit. I just wish I could fucking go back. I'm, you're just making me so hungry. <laughs> it's so, so hungry. early. I'm so hungry I'm now. So hungry. Now, Gun Show, please. So, <laughs> Gun Show is yeah. like the anti-restaurant, though. It was built to do everything that people for years told me you couldn't do. And it, and it just pissed me off, like how they would constantly say, um, you know, you, you have to have servers. And I'm like, why do we have to fucking have servers? They're just a pain in the ass. We don't need servers. And then they would say like, no, you have to tell people what things cost. You have to give them a menu and let them pick. And I'm like, no, we don't. We just make the best version of something. And over time, reputationally, people will realize that, it, that being able to pick is irrelevant because we're gonna pick better than you're gonna yes. pick. Yes. And, you know, it was, why is it super bright? Because as a chef, it sucks to leave the bright kitchen and go to a dim dining room over and over. You can't see. <laughs> and so I was like, well, the whole place is bright then. And it was like, why is it loud? Because we're listening to metal in the background, like in the kitchen. And I'm like, well, I don't want to walk out to elevator music. They're totally just fucking bum me out. So the whole thing is metal. So it's just, the restaurant was built to satisfy me personally. It was what I wanted Hell and what yeah. I needed in my career at that time with the idea that, if we really give a shit, like if we care really hard about what we're doing, we're going to make the best version of it. And so all these rules are just, I don't know, they're just bullshit that people say because they don't have any creativity. So 
do you did you come up that you went to culinary school and you did something like what was your path like was it all like very was it traditional like the idea of you go from sous chef and work your way up like in a fancy place like you go to kind of i mean when i was in high school all i've ever really done for a living is cook when i was in high school i worked at the only restaurant in my hometown uh, which was called the chicken coop and the Mm. chicken coop made Mm. fried chicken chicken wings Chicken tenders. Did you have a special sauce? Was there a special sauce at the Tons chicken of coop? special sauces. And, we made, mm. and I made one of my friends literally from high school recently discovered um, we had a project in I think 10th or 11th grade Spanish class where we had to do a presentation in Spanish. And we filmed a cooking video in Spanish at the chicken coop and I completely forgot about it. So I, am, yeah. I am cooking and narrating in Spanish <laughs> about this thing that we're making. That's so fucking um, cute. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, I created a different sauce. We made like this kind of like, uh, you know, like citrusy mojo type sauce. Like my, I still, I don't know that my bosses ever found out about that. We just like, <laughs> I, I had keys to it. So we just came in one day when it was like at night when it was closed and filmed this video. God, the things we used to get away with. I worked at a Joanne Fabrics in high school. So, oh man. Uh, we used we sketch comedy for years, and one of our favorite things is that you know because what was always the classic thing in sketch comedy, especially when we were filming stuff in the be- the beginnings of YouTube, was like who had locations. So like, and who had naturally had locations. So it was really fun when our one of our members got a job at this very very fancy office on the on Ninth Avenue, like right on the river. It was like very very, and we got to go in there Saturday where nobody knew, and I was fully nude shooting this sketch where it was like I put my ass like all over the like the chairs and stuff like all that but not purposely just shooting the sketch but then it's fun that then it just goes back to being an office on monday right right yeah and everybody's just back in there doing their <laughs> no thing clue and yeah and their fancy suits not realizing that you're just assing out all their chairs but, uh, yeah <laughs> i just saw the little tiny little polish t- cherry tomato imprints of my butt muscles on there no um, no no we cleaned up all the little butt hairs though we definitely made sure that i get a little sweet i bring out. a little brush i bring a little brush uh, you know about butt hairs, Kevin. Now, my question yeah, totally. is, <laughs> um, do I need to call you Chef Kevin or are you going to yell at me? No, you can just call me Kevin. You okay, okay, cool. Because I didn't know if it's like, you know, because like Anthony Hopkins, I think that if you don't call him sir, I think he goes by Tony. But right. I think that if you call, don't call Tony. him, if you don't call him sir, though, like he's legally obligated to put you in fucking yeah, the stocks. Yeah, like that, man. Like I have a guy who comes into the restaurants who if you don't like address him as doctor blah 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 like he gets really pissed off and you're like Jesus dude like chill out bro I don't know dude yeah you didn't save me yet right. honestly if you save my <laughs> life personally then- I'll call you doctor for forever fair that is 100% <laughs> fair like for yes. sure I'm actually that's gonna be my new rule like from now on like what have you done for me like yeah, save me save me um <laughs> But when did it go from a job to like a passion? Like when is the thing? Does it go like to the to where it it's all consuming? Well, so it's like I think I I always knew I wanted to do it. I was telling my parents I wanted to be a chef when I was like seven years old. Um, but then I got it in my mind that instead I was going to do this very academic route because I did I did really well in school, and so I thought, okay, well I'll go like more of a traditional college route. I'll try to go to the best college in the entire country. Um, and, you know, and that looked like that was going to be the path. And then I went for a visit at this school. So uh, I was accepted to MIT for nuclear engineering. And so. Holy oh, fucking shit. <laughs> Drop that. I just feel like I felt like I feel like I feel like a cavernous drop oh my of that. God. That is a very big school. Holy shit. So if you're going to go, you have to go uh, sort of like for like a preliminary visit to see what it's like. And you have to stay there for a little while with with current students and stuff. 
And I did that, and I came back, and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, this is not me. Like, I well, I, I, I joked that I realized two things that day. That, that one, I would be the dumbest person at MIT. <laughs> but I was also going to be, like, the coolest person at MIT, and I wasn't prepared for either of those yeah, eventualities. Exactly. I'm not supposed to be the tip of the pyramid. I'm not supposed to be the hip one. Like, I'm supposed to just kind of get along. In the middle, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was just trying to go to school. I'm not trying to, like, you know, be – the guy who's like, no, guys, trust me, we really can talk to real humans. We don't have to just do it online. Like, <laughs> yeah, you become Rodney Dangerfield from guests going to school. What do you yeah. mean, becoming? Yeah, no. Um, and, and so I was like, well, then what am I going to do? Uh, and so I, I, I came back and I told my parents, I think I'm going to do this cooking thing maybe, like for at least for a little while and just feel it out and see what's going on. And so it was kind of late in the game. And um, culinary school is for some stupid reason, really expensive. And, um, and so my parents were like, well, we can't, we can't afford to pay for culinary school. So I entered a cooking competition and you had to, you had to have a certain amount of years of professional experience at a certain level, which I didn't have. So I just lied. And you gotta um, fake it till you make to. it sometimes. Yeah. I submitted my recipe portfolio and they really were my recipes, but none of them were like, had come, been come up with in a professional setting. Um, and they accepted it and I went into the competition and I won. And so I, and that's how I paid to go to culinary school. Wow. Damn. Holy shit. And then it just, and then it's just kind of goes. Yeah, and then there. it was like, it's just very much my personality to be like, if that's what I'm going to do, then I'm going to do it at the most insane level possible. And so I just, just tried to work for the best people I possibly could and, and obsessed over getting better and pushing yeah. myself and, and, and then all of a sudden like a decade plus had passed and. And yeah, and then that comes like sort of fast forward to where most people, I guess, sort of know me from or where, where I guess I show up on the map culinarily speaking is that at the same time that I did the first round of Top Chef was when I bought my first restaurant and I also got nominated for my first James Beard Award. They all happened in the same year. Holy and so shit. it was like from anonymity to like somebody knowing you Big really time. Was yeah. that bef- That was before you got sick. Cause then yeah, you yeah, got yeah yeah that was when I was twenty five. Wow! 20. Wow! What was the first restaurant? Uh, Woodfire Grill is what it was called, and it, I worked there in my early early twenties, and then had moved to Oregon for like five years and came back and bought this restaurant from my former boss. Wow! In Atlanta? Yeah, it was an existing restaurant. I knew the the neighborhood, and I just decided that. The building was good, and, and I was like, I'm comfortable with it. And he helped me find people who would who would put up the money because I didn't have any money, obviously. Um, That's the hardest thing because I feel like in the restaurant world, there's a, I think there's a lot of comparisons between show business and the restaurant world because there is a lot of, number one, straight up pageantry. Like there is like stuff that you, you have to, there is also, it's personality driven. And then also it is because a lot of chefs these days, because it, now it seems to be what's more important than anything is a chef has a POV, right? right. And who comes in and like, re, re, like has a thing that they're going for before it used to just be f- kind of like food. Now it's way more like, what do I do? That's specifically different. And then also you have to grind all the time and then it's the the classic like you know do what you love and you never work a day in your life but never it's actually the opposite it's, it's you only ever work 
ever but again. Because you love what you do. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And so like you just you the work is fine. Like you 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 live with the bad days because you're excited to be doing what you're doing for a living. But people that that adage is is such shit because people pretend like that that it's somehow easy. It's not easy. It's harder. Oh, yeah. You live it and breathe it 24 hours a day and I think that some people don't realize that part, you know. Right. Did you know that Delaware has endless discoveries? The first state invites you to explore miles of beaches and boardwalks, dozens of unique breweries, award-winning restaurants, some of the country's best state parks, beautiful garden estates, and even tax-free shopping. There's plenty of fun for the entire family and more. Find trip ideas and all the info you need to plan your Delaware discoveries at visitdelaware.com. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by state room category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta. Can I ask you a dumb question? Is there a food that you will not eat? Yes. Yeah. Hazelnuts. Are you allergic? Allergic? <sighs> Not at all. Though I will, I'm going to confess this here. Whoa. I've been that guy who says allergic to it when yeah. I'm not because I just I hate it. them so much. You know? Yeah. I understand because then you have to have this conversation where someone's being like, hazelnuts, I love hazelnuts. Why don't you love hazelnuts? Hazelnuts are great. No, no, no. I promise you're going to like them. You're going to like them this time. And I'm like, I'm not going to like them this time. Like, you know, there are people who don't like cilantro, who when they eat it, it tastes mm -hmm. like soap. It's like a chemical thing that some people have it, some people don't. Same thing for hazelnuts. Like, there are some people in this world, I being, I guess, one of them, that when I eat them, they taste fucked up to me. Like, they don't taste ever good. And, and by the way, one hazelnut. It's like Princess and the Pea shit. Like one <laughs> hazelnut and a whole thing of something will ruin it. And I'll eat it and I'll be like, oh, fuck. What that's got that somebody accidentally walked a hazelnut near this. Like somebody like get rid of it. And I understand. Like, what about Nutella? Nutella is amazing. And I'm like, no. No. You no, don't no, like not, it. Not to me at least. You don't Everybody's like Everybody's got their thing. But you're but you're the type of thing, but you'd eat like You'd eat bull dick if someone made it good. And I have. Actually, one time when I lived <laughs> in Portland, Oregon, mm. I went to a pho place that I loved and I was like working my way through the menu and I got to the bottom part where it was where it said pizzle and I didn't know what that meant because I was pretty young at the time. Like, mm -hmm. um, and so I ordered the I ordered the pizzle pho and it was a giant bowl of pho. It was like look I could cut a basketball in half. It was enormous. And then it just had this bull dick that was like Whoa. it started on one side of the bowl, like went <laughs> into the bowl, like underneath the liquid and then like emerged on the other side oh. hanging out. I was like I mean, it was like literally like somebody took a roll of paper towels and laid it on top of it. Oh like, my god! It's like what? It's like someone the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I don't know if I want to eat this, but I also am <laughs> feeling a little emasculated right now too. Like this is this is all around bad. You're like, what, what it do I like? do? Do I pick it up and like? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, it tasted like kind of like pot roast, I guess. <laughs> just, yeah. and, and by the way, you have a pair of chopsticks, and you're like. Chopsticks ain't got shit on this big. <laughs> I don't know exactly how I'm supposed to like make this work. I'm not talented enough with chopsticks. I'm just gonna have to grab it with two hands, like I've seen on some of my documentaries. Oh, I was eating like a flaccid ear of corn. It was like, <laughs> it was, like not, not great. So. <laughs> nice and droopy. Yeah. <laughs>
I have a great question for you, I think. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, you qualified yeah, I, you it. You know what? It's good. a really great question. And yeah, you like come out of the gate with it. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm great. color. <laughs> what is a... What is a meal that was your signature back in the day when you were courting? Was there something that you made for a partner that was like, this is going to be, this is the dish that will see whether or not they want me to possibly be inside of them? Yeah, for sure. And it's changed over the years. Like, mm-hmm. so high school, yes, I had a high school dish. Like, so high school up and through early college was the chocolate souffle. So this was like back during the heyday of the molten chocolate cake. So this was like a better Mm. version of that. And that was my, my definite like go-to move. Like that was Mm. like, Oh, you're, you're, you're hungry. Like, well, I could throw something together really quick. Boom. Like, you know, so yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You lead with that. And like all the other dudes are like, well, I guess I might as well head back. So, um, and then, like as I got older, it became it started changing a little bit because I re- well because you know I'm getting older and the women I'm dating are getting older and they they're not going for those tricks. Hopefully, anymore. they're looking yeah. brand new tricks. And so <laughs> I started going like more of the homey like I could be I, I could be a good husband dish. And so the one that totally won it from from my wife um, is was a very very refined version of chicken and dumplings, like the most elegant version Ooh. of that you can imagine. And she's and that was it. So that was the deal sealer with her. So what would happen? Did you ever date? Like, cause like my wife is not like she's not a food person. Like I try to do because that's what I try to learn a meal to try to flip it on women too. And but she ended up being sort of she was like, oh, this is great. But I was waiting for the like the bomb to drop. And she's like, I eat popcorn for dinner a lot. Do you just is that just off the table for you? <laughs> like you just don't is that you just have to have someone you have to have an eater. Yeah, like I mean, I, that happened to me one time, and we lit, we went on. I would say I was gonna say one date, but like really three quarters of a date, mm-hmm. because like the minute we came, I came to that realization. I was like, well, it's getting dark outside, so we better call it. <laughs> and it was just like it was just done. Like I was like, I mean, literally, what else are we gonna talk about? And granted, I realized the answer is. A million other things but i was sure like, I yeah like, right just, because we already know this isn't gonna go anywhere because well, like when it's sunday and i'm just excited about going to eat somewhere and you're like i mean i i guess we can eat like then it's just gonna i don't know we gonna run aground quick because that's my favorite thing i miss it so bad i miss the my favorite one of my favorite pastimes as a person is traveling solo like i love going with my wife but like traveling solo you can get into the best restaurants in the world if you're willing to eat alone like yeah, exactly and i don't care man i'll eat alone it doesn't make any difference to me like you know so um i mean i'll just talk to the voices in my head so i'm good to go like oh yeah, yeah i can hold a conversation both myself very easily but then you can like how many i remember there's one place i went i no, it wasn't it was in new orleans it was koshan i was in, i was in new orleans alone and i went to koshan and i was like can you just pull up a stool like over there and I'll just eat I can sit in the corner and they're like you sure you want that and I was like yeah right over there and so they just like put me in there and I just it was wonderful I got to skip the whole line everybody looked at me like I was some kind of like they like oh he must be in bitcoin or like something they didn't know what I do you know what I mean like how does he get over there you know yeah I mean we so we used to have like a kind of a secret 
I guess, spot at gun show, except it's not a secret because it's a gun show and you can see everything. Yes. But we would, our friends that showed up alone, we would um, let them stand at the toolbox, like the rolling toolbox where we keep all of our knives. And then we just set the plates on top of the toolbox. And you you have to stand the whole time, but like, who cares? And you there. So, yeah. Have you ever kicked anybody out of a restaurant? Oh, my God. I'm famous for it. Yeah. I call it firing a guest. So, yeah, yeah I have fired a lot of guests. Who was your favorite guest to fire? What was the one that made you feel the best after you did it? Uh, man, well, I can't. Some of these I probably can't tell the story. Oh. I'm, I'm sure like the I'm sure the you know, the time and not, not enough time has lapsed yet. Yeah, since happened. Right, 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 um, right. Well, what's a general thing like? Yeah. What's the thing that makes you kick out a guest? Yes. So, so the number one that will get you kicked out is if you insult one of my staff members. Like if I think you're belittling a member of the service staff, then I have no tolerance. That is Hell the yeah. number one sign that a person is a bad person. If they treat, if you treat anybody in a weight position uh, poorly, because it's like they are, they're a human being, they're working. We don't have robot waiters yet. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that's one, two. And I guess this kind of goes along, but if you like sexually harass a, a female uh, member of the staff, of any form like if you're a man yes. or the or, or vice the reverse versa. though though i haven't seen the reverse technically but like you'll get kicked out immediately um generally it's stuff like that the only times that it's kind of a one-off is like if somebody and i'm actually pretty sympathetic to somebody getting way too drunk like i just try to get him out quietly like it <laughs> happens it's happened to all of us mm -hmm. but yes it's when that dude like has had like his beer muscles have come on really hard that it gets kind of out of hand. Usually, here's what happens. We have a rule. This is how it works in the restaurants. If if one of these situations is happening, then the person who it's happening to, you know, let's just say a server, goes to their immediate boss. And then that person goes over and tries to deal with the situation and calm it down. And if it doesn't get dealt with, then it goes to basically the chef of the restaurant, whoever's in charge of that particular restaurant, then they go over and deal with it. And then if it makes it through those two layers and it's not remedied that last person basically says i didn't want to tell kevin but now i'm going to and it's about to get really bad for you because if i come out like we're way past the conversation like yeah. i will i will and have flipped over tables literally picked people out of their seats like and physically carried you out of the restaurant if i have to it's your like, home. You, yes. Like, it was a, yeah, I, I, I saw a chef really quick when I get there. So yeah, I saw Ooh. a chef talk about like that, like that. I remember some. It was some. I was some YouTube clip. It was it was some fancy guy, real fancy guy. But he was saying he's like I spend eighteen hours a day here. I this is actually my home. He's like when I go home, that's where I sleep. This is my home. So it's like if someone comes into my home, how would you react if with someone's in your living room treating your family, your people like shit? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just like you know, my feeling is that every, we, you've had plenty of time to apologize and be nice to somebody at this point. Like, if I have to go over there, like, you're just leaving. And so usually the way that it goes is that basically I go over there and it, it goes something to the effect of, uh, it's time for you guys to leave. You don't need to worry about paying the check. I've already taken care of that. Um, and while I'm saying this, my service staff will clear the table of everything, even if they're in the middle of dinner. They'll take everything oh. away to, like, a bare table. Um, and then once that's done, it it usually goes, like, so if you guys would like to go ahead and leave now, you can. And if you don't want to, then I'll help you leave. Ooh. And then they usually like they usually get up. Ooh. And every now and again, they don't. Ooh. And if when they don't, then you know we will we'll, we'll 
next steps in Atlanta because Atlanta is fucking real like Atlanta is a real ass city and so that's the thing is that sometimes because some of these some of these guys they get their egos bruised and then they they bow up like they start and you have to deal with this shit just be like man we're just this is a dim sum style restaurant and then you have to like re-correct yourself no I didn't mean to make a dim sum style (laughs) restaurant but now you've told me it's one (laughs) yeah so it's like I don't like kicking people out but we will because you know the team the the people who work for me are way more important to me than anybody else and so it's like I need to make sure that they're taken care of I know chefs in the Atlanta uh, world also like other like people they all speak highly of the way you treat people at your restaurants and it's on and it it it, it travels um can i switch to top chef because top chef is a or unless jack you had another question before top chef no i mean we can't i just wanted a quick question please super bowl next week what are your super bowl do you have super bowl recipes that you recommend or what is like the number one thing that you always have to have I, i i don't mean to assume i don't give an H about a ball, but I love making dips for a ball game. So I was going to bake chicken wings. Possibly. I have a bunch of chicken wings. That's all I have. So I love chicken wings. First of all, like it's, Mm. it's still to this day, my favorite food. Um, Mm. And so I am going to make wings, but I'm going to set up a deep fryer at my house and make them because, you know, Um, so, so for years I had a huge Super Bowl party. Obviously that's like against the law these days. So you can't do that. Um, but that was like my signature thing that I did every year at my house. And we had something called the dip off and the dip off had a professional category and a non-professional category. And so the way that it worked is that if you cooked professionally at all ever in your life, you had to compete at the professional level. And if you did it, you could compete at the amateur level. However, it worked like Premier League soccer. If you win the amateur category next year, you have to compete in the pro level category. And so (laughs) you would, I went to a trophy shop and I had two giant motocross trophies converted over to be the dip off trophies and they're perpetual they're like the stanley cup so we just keep adding names to it That's and crazy. basically you know you everybody would bring a dip we would all judge it like everybody got to judge you know it wasn't just me and and you know most votes won kind of thing and you got to go home with your your giant ass trophy and if you were a professional the rule was that you had to display it at your restaurant now the most <laughs> badass part about it is that the winner five years in a row was joey ward the guy who was the chef of gun show for me. So <laughs> this is the gun show every single year. So yeah, I mean, Joey would get serious. He'd be practicing dips for months leading up to the dip off. So yeah, yeah, he's undefeated. He, he went five times and then retired. <laughs> oh my God. What was God. the dips? What was some of the dips? I mean, like one year he did like, one year he did a, um, a banana, dulce de leche like an upside down banana dulce de leche dip where he basically like made like he made banana caramel and then it had like a banana custard and then it had like a whipped Mm. banana cream made with dehydrated bananas and then he made like banana like funions that you dipped into it like like, the amount of work that went into it i'm gonna kill you i'm gonna take this from your fucking dead hands it's like the amateur (laughs) category would be like 13 buffalo chicken dips like made the same thing like you know just be like yeah all seven layers of your dip are the exact same exact same so hell no um, you know i don't know like one person did one year show up there no bullshit with a can of formel chili and microwaved it and dumped it in a bowl and then set out Fritos. And he 
legit came in th- third place. Like, like <laughs> we're like, I don't know what it is, man. This is pretty good. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, then. great. Well, great. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you saw you you're speaking to. Um, yeah. When it, all right, Top Chef. Number one, I my main question I've always had about Top Chef is how much do you know? beforehand when you go into the challenge i don't know i don't know what you can talk about i don't know fully what you're gonna but I, my main because i know that there's not a i know that it's done for real and then it's legit but what is the the prep that goes into when you arrive at top chef so the, the short answer is you don't really know anything you know that you don't know anything though like so there's a certain mm-hmm. like awareness of the fact that you are going to be intentionally left in the dark on everything, even stuff that doesn't matter. You know, like what are we gonna have for like crew meal today at lunch? And they're like, can't tell you that. And you're like, what the fuck does it matter? Like, what does that matter? Like, you know, like we're not filming. Like, I just wanna know whether or not I should eat more breakfast because I don't like tuna. Like, you know, whatever. Like, they just won't tell you anything ever. And so they don't you trust you. Kind of no, That's a, no they don't not trust at all. You. No, no, and it's because people are were clever. Like, um, mm-hmm. so you don't know anything. But, and this is the key for people to understand about Top Chef. Top Chef is reality to the people competing. Everybody else, everyone, the dude sweeping the floor has seen the storyboard and the script. So everybody else is in on it, but you. Whoa. And so. That's why you get the reactions that you get is that it's really only us 15 who have no fucking idea what's going on. Everyone else knows what's going on. Everyone else knows what the plan is. And there is a active working storyboard and script throughout that you're just not privy to. You're just you're the walking cast member that just gets led by the nose from piece to piece to piece. Yes. So you don't really know when your time is up. And they'll say like, well, that's not how it works, Kevin. Like. But that's kind of how it works. Like, you know, yeah. like, so it's, you, you don't know when the bear trap that they know you're, you're vulnerable is coming. That doesn't mean you'll, you'll step in it, but they know that your hot button issue is so-and-so and they plan to throw it out on this day at you. And you, maybe you're there, maybe you're not, and maybe it means something that day and maybe it doesn't like it. So it's a very, you're very, very vulnerable to whatever they throw your way because you're so in the dark on everything that you just, you're so discombobulated because you don't even know, like, are, you know, what time am I going to be able to go to bed tonight? Like, what, you know, nothing. Right. Like, you don't know. There's no clocks. There's no radios. There's no <sighs> television. There's no. Um, How is it in that chef house? Like, in the chef house, like, when you guys are all dealing with each other, like, is it a lot of, like, gamemanship? Is the, is the competition? Because chefs are notoriously. Uh, number one, very strong personalities and two, yes. very competitive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it is all the time, though on something like All-Stars, for example, the competition level was extremely high, like yeah. from day one, but everybody there's been there before, so mm-hmm. they weren't as like, there wasn't the same sort of cutthroat bullshit that happens the first time around. Because the first time around, inevitably, they're like, you can tell who the strongest people are the second day you're there. And those handful of people are up here at the top and everybody else is trying to take their place. And so they got to do whatever they got to do to get to the end, because Ooh, otherwise right. they're gonna, they know they're going to lose. It's, bigger, it's, it's boom. I think, <laughs> I think that used to be the case back in the day. Like they've, they've started to rein that shit in. It used to be that like, literally, if you were like, Hey, can I get a bottle of water? They're like, Oh, we don't have any water. You want some scotch? 
Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess. Okay, yeah, so, so like, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. have some sleepy water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was like, if you wanted water, no, but if you wanted a beer, a wine, a cocktail, like we could get that for you right now. Okay. <laughs> Did you know that Delaware has endless discoveries? The first state invites you to explore miles of beaches and boardwalks, dozens of unique breweries, award-winning restaurants, some of the country's best state parks, beautiful garden estates, and even tax-free shopping. There's plenty of fun for the entire family and more. Find trip ideas and all the info you need to plan your Delaware discoveries at visitdelaware.com. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by stateroom category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta. I think over time they've reined that in as the chef culture has started to sort of have backlash towards that. And so yeah. Yeah. nowadays, you know, they definitely like, like all we joked that all stars was really more like top chef geriatrics because it was like, who's your sponsor? Like a water company and, you know, like <laughs> Metamucil and like, a, you know, like in a, you know, like, Oh no, my wife and I, we talk about all the time because we're watching top chef and the commercials come on. We're like, we're not 75 years old. I'm vibrant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're over there being like, um, hey, uh, can I get a PA here real quick? I really need a new pair of insoles, man. My feet are killed. <laughs> you know, and it's just like it's not as awesome and intense as it used to be because we're all fucking old now. So, you know. Dude, by the time they eat the food though, it's like cold. By the time it gets to the judges, it is pretty cold, right? Like right, do they but you're judged on that. Like they and yeah. so it's a luck of a draw thing. Uh again, something you can't see on TV is that your order of presenting is drawn at random. So you might be the first dude and your shit's like piping hot, or you could be the last guy and your shit is ice cold. And so that's why you see so many people do so many things that have like a room temp component to it because they're like, yes, exactly. So many crudos. I don't know. Like, I don't know when they're, and it's, it's a timing thing. You know, they're asking you to crank something out you know, and they go, well, you have 15 minutes, which means you have 10 realistically, because somewhere inside that 15, a producer is going to walk up off camera and be like, Kevin, walk me through what you're doing. Tell me everything. And you're having to talk to them while they're filming you. And, you, you know, you know, basically you, you have to stop what you're doing practically. Because yeah. They'll be like, no, look at the camera, like wave at the camera, turn sideways. <sighs> but honestly, then people wonder why Guy Fieri makes the, the, the donkey sauce. I love, we're family. We're, you know, we are of the we're heads. We're yes. citizens of Flavortown, but Guy Fieri is a man that like, you know, he understands he does. He mostly speaks. Right. So the donk, the food has to be a thing that he can be like, it's a slamming teriyaki salmon stick. And like, that's it. Like, it can't, Dude, you, can't, you don't need a lot of stuff. impeccable Guy Fieri impression. He lives, he lives he in here. He watches a lot of it. He's here. He's in the house. I can feel his we presence. We swapped you out. Like, if your feed went away and it was just a still, a still image of Guy Fieri, I would have been like, holy shit. Like, oh, the, bo- the fucking Duke's in town. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Duke of Flavortown. They find out, yeah, it's just the Dukey of Flavortown. That's really who it is. Are you a part of the panel of chefs that technically has to, like, throw down and physically fight Guy Fieri if you see him in a public square? Like, I feel like there are certain people have to war each other if they if they do, like, it. even if it's fake. 
it's like you must fight him. Nah, not at all. Like, so I, you know, I've had some weird experiences with him. He and I have done some events before, and one, like, I sort of, this is no bullshit. We did an event for childhood cancer one time, and he showed up smoking like the biggest cigar I've ever seen in my life, which I thought was a little bit maybe not the right choice. Um, you know, but, you know, at that particular moment. So. Hey, kid, here, hold, my, hold this. You know, like, he's got like one of the kids just like holding a stogie for him. Exactly. Hold this for me for a minute here. Yeah, it was like, that's kind of what it was like. He was in a pair of like uh, gym shorts and a tank top, too. And Hell you were, yeah, like, dog. You're like, uh, I guess this was a nice event. (laughs) (laughs) He's like Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler does the same thing where Adam Sandler, like, purposely, he only shoots on places where he wants to go on vacation, and then he dresses like he could give a fuck wherever he is. (laughs) Exactly. So, like, I've had some weird experiences him with, but at that same time, like, I know a bunch of people who are very good friends with him, and they hands, and people who I trust, and they say, like, flat out, one of the most generous dudes you've ever met in your life, like just a total solid, like solid, solid dude. And and I'm like, look, if if this guy says that, then you know, I trust that opinion. So honestly, hell yeah. One day, if he ever opens the books of the garlic mafia, and if he can allow, even though he's not really Italian, if he can not allow another half Italian into the garlic mafia, I think that we unfortunately we would try to we would go in. We would say our novenas. You know oh, what I mean? I'll like you kiss the ring. The ring. You yeah. really have to. Go with it. I mean, I don't know. Only just because of what he's doing in Cal. He does a lot of good stuff in California. Same thing that you have been. You've been doing the same thing. You've been doing so many charities, so much work in Atlanta for charity, especially during all of this bullshit. Yeah, we um we actually formed our own foundation um since COVID hit called the Defend Southern Food Foundation, where we've been um we've done a little over gosh last year we did about 210,000 donated meals to Atlanta public school kids wow Uh, yeah so basically we've identified the families well we haven't the school has helped us identify the families who are really really in danger um, of not being able to put food on the table and so we come in we produce the food we package it we take it to deliver it to the schools and then the schools actually hand it out. So they never have any idea that it comes from me. It just looks like the school helping them out. Like it's, it really is not our goal for them to feel indebted to me. I just want to make sure that those, that those families and not just the kids, by the way, because we'll feed mom and dad and grandma and aunt and uncle and anybody who needs it. Um, we just want to make sure that they, you know, we're trying to bring a sense of hope and, and opportunity to people who probably feel like that's uh, just not going to happen for them a lot. And so it's been really incredible to do it. Uh, we've been very fortunate. A lot of really generous people who have donated a ton of money to make this happen because obviously it takes that. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, we're hoping this year, I think we're on track right now to do um, closer to 350,000 meals in 2021. Shit. Wow. Thank you, dude. Honestly, it's hard. And we, we, you know, we've been doing for at LPN, we've been doing as much as we can, knowing that like when those of us that are doing well during this time period have to do as much as they can to help those that are really getting jacked up because there doesn't seem to be a lot of help from up top. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, in in our industry, it was really brutally apparent, you know, because a lot of these folks who are struggling, they maybe they don't work for me, but they work tangentially in the industry. You know, they are they are delivery drivers for food companies or they work at fast food or they do or, or, you know, they work at a processing plant. They do a lot of these kind of jobs and they don't have them anymore. And so we started watching our own industry collapse, you know, all of a sudden you couldn't get products. You know, we found out that, that a farm that we were buying from for years was literally euthanizing chickens because they didn't have anywhere to sell them. And so we came up with this plan where we said, well, what if we 
get some people who have a ton of money who've been killing it through this to give us this money. We'll buy local food so that we're supporting mm. our own economy, and then we'll donate it to the families who actually genuinely need it and see if we can't so kind smart. of, you know, lift up the ecosystem, as it were. It's very Same much the, like, rising tide idea. So Yeah. But honestly, I just was – I'm, like, kind of stuck on how cute those little gallows would be for the chickens. Because that would be, in a way, that would be just kind of cute to have the fields. Oh, my God, with the little the, the hoods ga- on them. <laughs> I mean, and they bring them is, up. They have a little ceremony. I know it's sad and it's a waste, but there's just something about... You're who's, just who's, assuming, though, that it's gallows and it's not like a shitload of little mini gurneys or something like that. You know, they, oh, little bring them up. <laughs> yeah. I do have, I do see on I'm here sorry. as well. <laughs> Derail derail this very nice sentiment. Yeah, exactly. You're like, well, we had a good show going, and then you know. I want to talk about all these murders. Well, tiny now, chicken murders. I do see on uh, Redbeard Restaurants, which is your company, that you are doing Zoom cooking classes. How are those going? And is there a certain way of how you pick what you are going to teach? Is also, there a, a method to your from, madness? Going from a chef to a teacher. What's it yeah. like to teach y'all fucking yes. these, these it's ones? it's difficult. Oh, my gosh. So, you, you know, I actually, I really like the teaching part, but it is not easy sometimes. No. And so hours that we have um, intentionally are set up more like a webinar. You can ask me questions, but you have to type them in. And the reason is that I'm convinced that if you have to take the time to type in your question, you'll be like, am I a moron? Okay, don't, don't. <laughs> like, you know, like, so you won't send some questions that if you could just talk and I could hear you, because I've done those before too, people, we will be so far along and people will be like, uh, quick question, Chef. Um, is it time for me to turn my oven on? And you're like, the chicken <laughs> has been cooking for 35 minutes. Excuse me, Chef. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Chef. What is egg? What what um, is yeah, egg? Could you repeat that part about all the things you said about the stuff? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Um, so it can be challenging sometimes, but it's pretty fun too. Like it's actually really good, and I enjoy the teaching. Um, the hardest part though is that you have to imagine that when there isn't a dialogue, it really is like a two-hour monologue. So the classes are two hours. So it's like I'm. <gasps> Okay, guys, so today we're going to be, and you just talk the <laughs> whole time, and you never, ever, ever stop talking, and um, and it's intense, but they're a lot of fun. They've been really, really ridiculously successful to the point where I'm like, maybe I just quit this restaurant game and just do these virtual cooking classes, <laughs> like, you know, because you, you joke that you're like um, – like I've been really transparent about this, that I don't keep any of the money from the classes, that the money from them goes to payroll for the company. And mm-hmm. it's enough that it has been like covering managers' salaries through all of COVID. That's like and, and so but they're not expensive classes. They're like fifty bucks for a class. And so we just sell a lot of them. Um yes. and they're really popular. And so the way we get the ideas is either something that I think is timely or important, like we're doing a Valentine's Day class on valentine's day that was a no-brainer others are just ones that i think would be hilarious like we're doing a tiki class in february because i'm sort of obsessed with tiki drinks and tiki everything i just think it's the biggest like hilarious farce of all time and i love it and tiki drinks will knock you on your ass if you're not careful so i have never made more serious i've never almost made more serious mistakes in my life than a night than the nights that I've spent inside of a tiki bar. Tiki bar, well, man. It's like their time warps. You lose the track of time. And every drink in a tiki bar is like five ounces of liquor. <laughs> we had yeah. a mid-wrap party uh, in, at Trader Vic's in Atlanta. We had a mid-wrap party for Pretty Face. And that was like 
that almost ruined like production. You know what I mean? Like it was one of those things where people were, it started some shit because it's all the sugar and all the mixing of boozes. The sugar. Yeah. yeah, we got, we had a guest chef come into town. And so when we do these guest chef series, every, you're like, when you agree to come do it, you're told a lot of things. But one of them is like, whatever you want to do when you're here, we'll go do it. Like, you know, if you, if you a lot enough time, like you, you want me to take you deer hunting? We can go do that. Like, you do you want to go to a Braves game? Do you want to do whatever? And one guy was like, I want to go to Trader Vic's. I want to go to Trader Vic's. I want to order a poo-poo platter and a Mai Tai. And we're like, well, that's awesome. Great. Sure. Great. So we did that, but we didn't get there till midnight no 11 on sunday and they close at midnight and we left at just over midnight there's four of us with having consumed 24 mai tais oh, no. a rum keg no. a scorpion bowl <gasps> and no. i don't know how i don't really have any it's like a, it's like an in and out memory kind of thing yeah all i know is that the next day i felt like 10 cans of shark shit it was just the worst thing it I, was just just that's the type of that's the type of drunk traveling that like i like to imagine that i'm do you know how santa like he touches the side of his nose winks and then disappears and he's like, that's how i imagine I, what i'm doing when i'm that level of blackout drunk and i just like wake up in bed and be like what a, well, i wonder what a, what adventures did i just have yeah exactly and Wink. you're like oh my god like, so so Back to the original question. So, yeah, we're going to do a tiki class, uh, and I'm going to try to not get blackout drunk while teaching it. Um, but then a lot of the others are recommendations. People will, like, I'll send out, I'll post on Instagram, like, what the fuck do you guys want to learn? Like, how to make. And it's usually the most pedestrian things you can ma imagine, but but people don't know how to do it. Like, they're just, yeah. like, we did a roasted chicken and chocolate chip cookie class because people were like, those were the two most requested recipes of everything I could teach you how to make. Wow. Were like, it took me a bunch of fucking tries to learn how to properly roast a to chicken. Get a juicy roast because chicken. Because it's having it be crispy and juicy is incredibly difficult if you don't know the process. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like some of them are like that. Some of them are, you know, mm. um, just shit that I want to make, you know, like I, if I'm like, well, let's just do this and see, we'll see if it's fun. Um, and so they're just all over the place. Like I really need to come up with like what the next ones are because we only have two classes left before the, the series ends and I need to figure out what the next ones are. So you guys should totally come up with an idea. Like you should tell me we could do a boar's head class Day feast. where I just, where I just buy different boar's head deli meats and, and rate them. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah just like, it's good. It's salty. Yeah. Uh, tavern uh, ham is pretty good. Honey ham is also pretty good. I don't know if it's Virginia <laughs> ham, but it's, you know, <laughs> um, right before we go, chef Gillespie, tell me what's the next fusion craze. Name it. Next fusion craze. What's coming down the pipe? Oh God! I what did uh, I have? I in Manchester, England. I had the wildest, the wildest fusion that I've ever had in in England was Italian Indian, yeah. and it was like he they had a chicken parmesan or chicken whatever it was dish that it was a fried chicken cutlet with like a curry like marinara sauce with american cheese on top of it ooh the american cheese is where you lost me i don't the only way i could describe it is that it tasted like acid reflux yeah that sounds mm. bad we were for years we would joke when somebody because chefs are asked all the time to describe a dish, and we would joke about getting table side and being like, "Yeah, it's kind of like a like a like a Norwegian Mexican kind of thing with some Asian influence and stuff, and like it's got a little Indian thing going on with like kind of a South African, but also kind of like a North African thing going. But mostly, it's just kind of like a Caribbean flavor. 
And you'd be like, that sounds like shit. I swear I hear chefs say that shit all the time. And I'm like, what nonsense are you talking about? I was out to eat with Eddie Pepitone, who's a very violently angry vegan. And he was on Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. And we we went to some restaurant. We went to one uh, one eared stag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is incredible. We went there, though, but because he doesn't eat, you know, it's a lot of meat. You know, you walk in, it's just, a, there's a portrait of a deer with its throat slit when you walk in the door, right? And he was already upset. And then we all sat to eat, and the woman was describing things. She was like, and this is our fall. This is all of the 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 experiences of fall. You have the, the orange of the leaves. And he was just like, what about spring? What about winter? Like, he started yelling in the middle of the restaurant. We're like, oh, shit. Yeah, so that's uh, there's my mashup. I think like a really cool hardcore vegan carnivore kind of fusion mm. is really what needs to happen here. You know, yes, okay. a restaurant that's all about meat and all about not meat at the same time. You got it. Ooh, that's it. Yes, that is you just what we did it. Fucking L.A. That's so L.A. right <laughs> it's there. So L.A. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> minds are gonna be blown, dude. Yeah. We got to give it a good name. If they hadn't already taken the name Destroyer, that would have been the perfect name for that restaurant. Great restaurant. Anything to do with anything. All of the dishes, (laughs) you don't know whether or not the dish is fake meat or real meat. Any one of them. And you don't tell anybody what it is until you break into it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's great. Surprise them. Yeah, we got to come up with some other shtick. Like maybe we kill you afterwards too, you know, just for fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yes. yeah. That's what we call randomly, it. Randomly, though. Gallows. That's the name yeah. of the restaurant. Gallows. Gallows. That's fun. That's fucking huge. Honestly, yeah, with the the chicken thing. Yeah, we'll have that as a nice piece of art. We'll customize. We'll get it commissioned. Just shitloads of chickens lining up for execution. <laughs> Honestly, that would make me very hungry. I am, I am, I am, I'm extremely hungry now. I'm now um, very hungry. We'll also have a picture of murdered vegetables too. So don't worry. Like we're going to be very. Oh no. We'll oh, have a cucumber being, we'll do another picture of a cucumber being waterboarded. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's I'm, I love food. Um, chef, <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. Is there anything you want to plug? Before we leave, I mean, honestly, I think we, you know, the Defend Southern Food Foundation, that's sort of our new baby. So, um, we, uh, we're going to be launching a new website and a new fundraising site for that. Um, gosh, in the, in the next couple of weeks. So, any and all support, it takes 10 bucks to feed a person. That's it, man. So, it's like anybody can donate and literally like lift your neighbor up. So, uh, we would appreciate that. Just, you know, stay tuned. We'll figure out what's going on, what's going to happen after that. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining Dude, us. Thank you. You've been listening to the LPN show. Thank you for your listen. Listen to all the other wonderful shows on the LPN network. Last podcast on the left. Page seven. Where's in the bruiser? Able to get top hat. All the other shows. No dogs in space. And Jackie, do you have any final parting wisdom for everyone? No, just that I love food and I love this conversation. Good. Was that good? Yep. <laughs> it was good. I'm Bye. just so hungry now. Bye. Bye, Chef Gillespie. Bye. 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 This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Did you know that Delaware has endless discoveries? The first state invites you to explore miles of beaches and boardwalks, dozens of unique breweries, award-winning restaurants, some of the country's best state parks, beautiful garden estates, and even tax-free shopping. There's plenty of fun for the entire family and more. 
Find trip ideas and all the info you need to plan your Delaware discoveries at visitdelaware.com. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by stateroom category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta.